Hi, everyone. This is Jose Velasquez with Higher Military. I'm so excited today to talk to a good friend of mine, Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn, who's the Director of Communications for Soldier for Life. And today we're going to get an opportunity to talk to her all things SFL, what's going on in the community for transition, and how you can benefit most from the transition process and what the Army has to offer you. So, Olivia, welcome to the team. Thank you so very much. And it's interesting because I'm sitting here going, do I call him Jose or do I call him Sergeant Major? Because, you know, the history is that, you know, you and I both worked at Office Chief of Army Public Affairs. And um, I think I must have had like five different roles when I was there. But you did. I did. I, I like I think every month I was switching desks for something new. Um, but yeah, yeah but you were always a Sergeant Major. So but yeah. thank you. Thank you. Too. Thanks so much. I'm just Jose now, just the guy with the beard. So it's all good. So yeah, I really do appreciate it. I know you're super busy. And you know, I just to, to open it up for our audience, I want to remind everyone that you know your questions are important to us. Um, Colonel uh, Nunn can only answer those questions if you ask them. And chances are, if you have that question, maybe maybe other people do as well. So I encourage you, of course, please be respectful in your questions. Uh, pop them in there and we will do our very best to answer them for you. So tell us a little bit more about Soldier for Life, what it is, what your role is there and, you know, what's going on with it right now. Uh, so Soldier for Life, I think let me start by saying that there is a misnomer that Soldier for Life and Soldier for Life TAP that has been um, rebranded as Army TAP are one in the same. We're actually not. We are cousin organizations. We work together. But the big thing is for, for us, Soldier for Life, the organization that I work with, it is a strategic organization that works on behalf of the United States Army to develop relationships, to find opportunities for our service members and our military community. And when I say military community, I'm talking about our active guard reserve, our veterans, our retired population, and our military spouses. And those opportunities can exist in the way of employment, education, health and wellness, uh, mental health. I mean, there's really no limit to why and who we work with. The point for us is there are 44,000 organizations that are out there that are titled underneath military service or veteran service organizations trying to do good. And that's a giant sea of goodwill. So Soldier for Life is designed to figure out who those players are, find out more about them, and then bring that resource to our military community. Um, so layman's term, probably a bit of matchmaking is what we are. <laughs> yeah, that, that's so important, especially as we're transitioning and we don't know the language of love and we don't know how to communicate with our partners. And so we need someone to help us through that process. So it's it's really incredibly special. So um, what are what is happening within the program itself programmatically at the Pentagon that may be changing to benefit service members? So I think the big thing is one, the changing of the name, right? I think there's so much confusion about us being one in the same. We do work together. They're two separate organizations with two different hierarchies. But, um, but I think changing the name was kind of one of the simple things. The other thing is, um, you know, the Army and just like any other Department of Defense organization follows the NDAA, right? Uh, National Defense Authorization. And one of the authorizations that went back a couple years ago was exactly how a service member would exit the military. 
We all know that if you did before 2012, you ACAPed, it was a one day program. And then after that, Soldier for Life was born and it became a week long program. What they did was last fiscal year, and um, it came on board about this time, by the time everything kind of, you know, got unglued, is that when you go to tap, I recognize that it is in a digital format, but regardless of it's um, digital or in person, once, you know, we're no longer in COVID, um, you can do tracks at your tap, right? And what do I mean by that? If you know that you want to pursue your education, then you can select an education track where they're going to try to tailor the resources uh, directly for you about those education opportunities. If you want to be an entrepreneur, that's another track. Or if you're like, you know what, I don't want to be a business owner. I don't want to go to college because I already have a degree or maybe that's not my thing. I want to be employed. There's that other track. And you can do more than one. So it's not like you have to only select one, but it's nice that they, they're going to tailor those tracks to you. And the other thing is, is that it was mandated that all service members go at that 12 month mark out before it was kind of like, just do it in your last year. Now it's mandated that, Hey, leaders, you need to make sure your service members that year before they're actually getting out, they are going to tap. And the other thing I want to emphasize is that tap is not a one-time thing. Yes, one time to make sure that your the paperwork is signed off, right? That's part of your out processing. But you can go to tap more than once. In fact, that's kind of the tagline that we say is that go to tap, go early, and go often because you might miss nuggets of information the first time or even the second time. Um, and then the other thing is a lot of people don't know you can actually go with your spouse. Your military spouses are welcome to go to tap because there's something there for them. Because we know that military service is not just about you; it's family business. So why not exit the service together? So, you know, if anything, if you don't remember all of that that I just said, at a minimum, go early, go often, and make sure you're hitting it at the 12 month mark. But we preach at Soldier for Life 24 months out. Yeah, so uh, guilty right here. 24 months out exactly. I was sitting at Fort uh, Fort Myer doing the program there, and I brought my spouse spouse with me, and it really was amazing because I mean, first of all, you're getting so much information, but it was interesting the different bits of information. What I was focused on and what she was focused on were totally different, but incredibly complementary. And had I not brought her with me, I think I would have missed a whole lot of what was being talked about. So I really encourage people to do that. And I, I see that people are answering some of each other's questions. I appreciate that in the comments because we're a team and we're all supportive of each other. Uh, by the way, everyone's congratulating you because they know they're, you know, your your upcoming retirement soon. So yes. obviously you're a fan favorite and that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, honestly, I am really humbled and um, super blessed and fortunate that the army gave me an opportunity to get it right at the end, right? I, um, I don't think anybody thought when this assignment was given to me that it would be anything more than just a PAO slot. And I came into it. And I think one of the things that I've been known to do in my 20 year career is that I never take a job and take it the way it's written. I've always gone outside the box. Ask any, ask General Funk when he was Colonel Funk. I was not your typical chemo, right? He used to be a chemical officer. And so I think I, I did the same thing. I came in and I said, um, I really don't have restrictions on what I do as long as I represent the military well and that I speak with Army messaging, which I wrote for three years on behalf of the United States Army. So I was like, I think I, I understand this. So I was able to take that 
experience and leverage it and do something amazing with it. And I've been fortunate where my bosses at Soldier for Life have given me a lot of rope to hang myself with. And so um, I think I'm one of those rare individuals that I love what I do. I love the people I work with and I have fun doing it every day. So it's a little bittersweet that I have to leave, but the right thing for me to do. It's time to hang these boots up. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with, you know, they say, you know, and everyone, everyone tells you that and it never happens until it happens to you. And then you're like, okay, I know what everybody's talking about. It, yeah. you know, when you know, you know, so, um, so, okay. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, you, you have a limited amount of time. I mean, you got a finite time that you can pull service members away from their jobs, uh, 24 or 12 months out or sometimes closer because they, they weren't paying attention and all of a sudden it's been three months. Um, so, so how do you determine what gets taught there? Um, and then, you know, if you had more time, what would you do with the more time, you know, if in a perfect world? So I, I think I just want to be very clear because soldier for life is the strategic arm and army tap is the tactical arm, if you will. And that is um, something that HRC controls, right? And I, I say control loosely, like that's their baby. And so there's a lot of feedback that comes through. There's obviously a lot of NDAA. There's a lot what the commanders want. It's a lot what you know, the chief of staff wants for our soldiers, what it, what best makes sense for our service members as they exit. And that's why if you talk to somebody who exited in 2012 versus, you know, 2021, they're two different experiences because the program learns every single day. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. There's nothing that's ever perfect, but it gets better and better because there's feedback that's coming back. And I think people are beginning to understand the importance of allowing their service members to take the time out. And, and I think that's the hard part. And I, I know we like to beat up commanders a lot and we're like, oh, it's the commander's fault. It's the commander's fault. You know, but, you know, I think we need to remember that commanders have a hard job, right? Their priority is to create a ready force to be able to execute any mission that our leaders around the world need us to do, right? Everything from the president down to, you know, the secretary of the army. And so that's their priority. And we know when you're operational that that's the focus. And at the same time, you've got to balance the wants and needs of your service members. So that's why we stress to help yourself by going to tap early. Go start at 24 months out. You may not think that you're exiting in 24 months, but if you have an understanding of the process and you understand where you want to go in your next adventure, right? As we say, when you grow up, right? For something about growing up when you leave the army, that you actually have a plan because you've researched it. You've asked the questions. You figured out, hey, I am a truck driver in the army and I do not want to be a truck driver when I get out. I want to do something with my hands because carpentry or electrician work is something I've always wanted to, to do. And, but I don't have the skills because the army hasn't taught me that. Well, you can do that, right? There are programs right now that you can start learning about that trade, right? And you can also do that in your last six months. Um, like there, are, there are three words that I think people kind of interchange, but they're kind of the same, right? You have your career skills program, you have your fellowship and your internship. So your career skills are really geared for the service members that want a physical trade of some kind. Um, like think jobs. Think micro with dirty jobs, right? Those hands-on or formerly known as blue collar jobs, right? That's your opportunity to go get skilled 
in that aspect. And then you've got other people that, you know, I'm not necessarily going to go back to school. I have more of a white collar perspective, if you will, where I want to go to corporate America, but I want to understand my job, but from a non-military perspective. And that's where your fellowships and your internships come in. And there are different companies that are out there that allow you to do that. The most well-known one, the largest one is hiring our heroes, but you're not tied to hiring our heroes, right? You could do an individual fellowship. Um, You just need to understand the regulation. And so instead of waiting till the last minute to figure that out, start 24 months out. So, you know, when you get to your last six months, you know exactly what you're doing because six months is not a lot of time. There's a lot that gets crammed in six months. You have to do your retirement physicals. You have to do, you know, your transfer of all of your medical records to the VA and work with somebody to get your packet there because you do want some kind of disability compensation. Nobody leaves the military without some kind of broken toe or finger or a bad back or knees. And so, um, you know, you need, you need that disability to be recognized and, oh, by the way, you may be moving. I mean, I think I'm one of the blessed ones. I'm going to stay in the DC region, but for many, they're going to go back to the zip codes that they came from, or maybe somewhere totally different because they want to try something out. So there's a lot of stressors when it comes to transitioning, whether you're retiring after 20 plus years or you're getting out after six years, either way, it is a stressful time. Do yourself a favor. And if you don't remember a darn thing that I say today, <laughs> 24 months. Because- yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I'll tell you, it's, you know, I think for, for the service members, sometimes it's, it's so difficult because I don't know that we, any of us want necessarily, if, if we're happy with an army career, we're always waiting for that promotion around the corner or that position we've always dreamt about right around the corner. But at some point we have to be honest with ourselves because ultimately every single one of us gets out of uniform. And those people who aren't preparing and aren't prepared really get bit. And I will never forget sitting in the tap class. And, you know, when the instructor was asked, you know, how many people are 24 months out? How many people are 12 months out? And when she's at the three month mark and people are still with their hands raised, I am freaking out for them. I'm like, what are you doing? Where have you been? You know, and, and I absolutely agree. I think Commanders have a job to do, um, but I also think that service members have a responsibility to themselves and their families to, you know, to talk to their commander who may or may not understand the intricacies of their situation and and be frank with them and tell them, you know, I really need this time. And, you know, all things being considered, I have to believe that most commanders are going to do what they can to help that service member conduct their transition. Absolutely. You know, we don't stay in the military to make commander or first sergeant or, you know, battalion commander or higher or sergeant major because we don't believe in the mission or that we don't. And believing in the mission is taking care of people. Yes, there's always that one idiot or that jerk. But for the most part, most of the people you run into, right, they have a heart for our service members. And so I think it's it's making sure that you take advantage of the programs that are there. And really, like you said, it is your business. It is your responsibility to do that research and to advocate for yourself. Yeah. So um, let me see. Nefisat Scott asks, who does she talk to when she's 24 months out? Um, that should be easy. Yeah. So every Army installation has a tap office. 
So that's where you need to go. Um, you can obviously right now, uh, a lot of the tap offices may be working virtually. Some of them may be operating in person. Wherever you are, Fort America, somewhere, there's a tap office. Go to that tap office, right? Can you start before 24 months? Absolutely. There's no regulation that says, you know, oh, you're at the 48 month mark. I'm not going to talk to you. There's nothing like that. They just might think you're a little odd, but you are absolutely <laughs> welcomed to sit in those rooms. Now, the priority is not to you, right? It's the priority of, for the guys that are that 12 month or shorter. But absolutely, there's it's it's free chicken. It's free information. Yeah. Go, go get it. Absolutely. Go get Knowledge it. Power. Absolutely. So Crystal asked, uh, what about the service members going through a medical evaluation board? Is there any additional assistance through Army Tab? So that is a unique um, situation for those that are going through uh, a medical evaluation board because their timelines are very different, right? Um, there are moments in their timeline that it seems very fast. And then there's other times where the timeline kind of seems stagnant and slow. The best thing that they need to do is they need to go to their local tap office and start working with the case manager, as well as in, in the medical evaluation board, there should be somebody there that can also tie in um, their timeline because they should, they should have a case manager. You don't go to an, a medical eval board without um, having a case manager because you're a special case. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't mean special in a bad way. It's just that there are some intricacies in your reasoning as to why you're exiting the military. So it's two parts. It's working with your case manager and, and going to tap, especially early. Um, the earlier that you can go, go to tap and that they understand you're going to be a medical release um, will help you. Just know that it's sometimes can be a little difficult and can be a little challenging because there are no direct, like, you know, for sure, this date is going to be your date. Like, yeah. you know, as a retiree, you know, like I know the last day in the army for me is 31 August of this yeah. year. Yeah. Medical is a little different. Again, yeah. advocate for yourself, go early and find out early. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And I, here's a question that I assume many of our um, recruiters and particular people who work away from major installations may ask, especially soldiers who work maybe closest to another services uh, installation. So this is from Travis, who's asking, what if he's in the Army, but the closest base is an Air Force base? Can he use their services? Yeah, absolutely. Almost every installation has some kind of tap and you don't, you don't, because you're army, you don't have to go to army, use the uh, local installation to you, especially like Florida is a great example, right? A lot of those installations down in Tampa are joint or very heavy with air force. You're welcome to go there. There is no, you have to go army to army. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. So somebody talked about in our question, someone's asking about certifications and college assistance after retirement. I know that might be more of a VA question, but um, but we do have certifications in preparation for getting out of the service that could help a service member. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I think we could probably do a whole iteration on that alone. I will say the first place you probably should look is there was a Soldier for Life podcast that I did back in season, I believe, four that I did with our director of education, Major Jenna Russell, that talks about some of your options and places to start. So I would say go listen to that 20 minute uh, podcast episode to kind of get going. But there are tons of organizations that are out there that are going to help you, right? The VA is one. Um, there are IAVA. There's 
all kinds of different organizations. And I want to make sure I put this out there. If I talk about an organization or I say organization's name, by no means is that a partnership or an endorsement on behalf of me as Lieutenant Colonel Nunn, the United States Army, or Soldier for Life. These are just entities that we're familiar with, that we have worked with, and we just know. And if I don't mention them, it doesn't mean that they're bad or good. It's just there's so many that we work with that I, there's no way I can name all of them. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is that there are resources that are out there to help you. I think the better question you've got to ask yourself is, where do you want to go and what do you want to study? Yeah. Are you looking for a trade school or are you looking for, I want to go get a bachelor's or a master's? And yeah. are you going to use your GI Bill or not? Are you going to try to get scholarships? I mean, those are different avenues. Again, start with the podcast. It's a great place to start. You can also go to our website, soldierforlife.army.mil. There's a whole education tab there that you can kind of get going. And the nice thing is that you're not alone. Plenty of yeah. done it for you. Yeah, and J John's asking or or quoting that uh, you know the virtual center is also available as well, correct? Absolutely, thanks, John, for putting that out there. Uh, funny note with John, like I we go way back. We served together in First Brigade um, Iron Horse, and uh, yeah, good friend and colleague. And he, he's absolutely right; he knows his stuff. Yeah, he's awesome. He really is. So, um, so yeah, so I can tell. I mean, people are like. <laughs> giving each other jobs in the comment section. So this is a win. I think this is a win already. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so that's a, that's a good thing. So, um, so thank you for those of you in the comments that are interacting with each other and pointing each other in the, in the right direction too. Yeah. It's network, right? That's what you just said is network. And that's the thing that I talk about in my lane as a public affairs officer, director of communication, whatever title you want to give me, right? At the end of the day, the things that I will always teach, I have taught social media classes. I've taught messaging and branding. What I always talk about is network, your net work is your net worth. And in fact, one of my very good friends who retired last year used to say that all the time, um, Lieutenant Colonel retired Robin Johnson. And she's absolutely right. You, it's not in that old adage. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And I will say that I have experienced that firsthand in just in my short window of, of transitioning. Um, I put out there that, hey, I'm actively transitioning. I'm in my window to go and actively search. And I've had numerous phone calls and I've had messages sent to me like, hey, Olivia, I know somebody who wants to talk to you. And I've had the opportunity to do two interviews already and they were pretty good. And that, and that is just the power of the network. I just put it out there like, hey, I need a little bit of help. And the number of calls that came through was astonishing. And that just reminded me that our military community is a really tight knit family. While yeah. I may not know all of them personally, we've connected somehow, right? Digitally, in person, at an event. And there are people that really want to do, do good, right? Yeah. From the bottom of their hearts, they want to do good and they want to help you. So take advantage of that. Come yeah. And I would say that, um, you know, as, as I've transitioned as well, similar experience. And what I like to tell people too, is if you bring value first and I, you know, thinking uh, about you and, you know, watching how you've just flourished in this new position um, and, and what you've done for our service members and their families um, and, and what you've done over and above to support them, it, it all kind of comes back to you. So now that you're at a position where you're getting ready to ask people for assistance, actually half the time they're likely looking out for you already. 
And so they're saying, hey, you know, when are you getting out again? Where are you getting out again? Matter of fact, some people in the comments section are like, hey, when are you getting out again? And, and so that's a huge benefit. But too un unfortunately, the, the people who do it right bring value first. The people who do it wrong, you know, send you a note. You've never heard of them before. Hey, here's my resume. Check it out. Let me know what to do. You're like, what? Who are you? Like, can you say hello first? Yeah. There. You know, and so 20 years. I've never done a resume. My resume speaks in the way of an officer evaluation report, right? Where's my block top, middle, bottom, right? That that's kind of where you get scored. And I and I'll tell you that when I had to write my first resume and I, I did it, you know, a while ago, it mm -hmm. was nerve wracking. It was a concept that I really didn't understand. I had numerous people look at it. I had military people look at it. I had HR reps look at it. I had civilian counterparts of mine that have no military understanding look at it and just gut that resume from top to bottom with a ton of red ink to finally get it somewhere where I'm like, okay, I don't feel so sheepish, sheepish to share this, right? Yeah. Um, but you have to start somewhere, right? And yeah. we're not experts at everything, but somebody in your network is. And that's why networking is so valuable. And to answer the question, I want employment one June. That's that's my target date, right? <laughs> I want to be in a company working on the 1st of June. And that's what my post is where I'm heading into some office, whether it's virtually here or, you know, an actual building. That's, that's, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. So, I mean, I, I love it. And I love the fact that you um, have really leveraged um, LinkedIn and other professional sites, not that you are here to promote LinkedIn per se. And I surely recognize the military doesn't specifically, uh, you know, to make choices amongst uh, one or the other. But I see the great benefit that you've found in communicating to people on professional sites like LinkedIn. Um, do you see more people transitioning over to sites like LinkedIn from maybe some of the original, the, the Facebooks because of kind of the, the the silliness that goes on in some of these other pages where they're really looking to prep for, you know, life after the military. Yeah. So if you, if you've ever had the opportunity to listen to one of my um, social media classes, I, there are, there are three platforms that I would recommend that you, you don't have to do all three, but there are three platforms. If you are an anti-social media person that I would recommend learning to get to know because you have to, be aware of your digital presence. If you don't have one, somebody will own you in the digital space. So mm -hmm. you need to have your own presence. With that being said, I will always advocate for LinkedIn, not because I get paid by LinkedIn or, or it's just that LinkedIn is the platform that is being used worldwide as a business platform. It is where you network. It is where you find business. It's where you find resources. So you know, if tomorrow ends up being something else, then that's what we're gonna use. But for right now, it's LinkedIn. Yeah. And then I would say Facebook. Yeah. You know, your younger generation doesn't like using it, but that's not what this is about. It's about leveraging a platform. And the reason I say Facebook is a good one because it's easy to understand. It's an easy platform to get started. It's an easy way of kind of sharing your digital space and you can actually, um, you know, limit your circle, if you will. Whereas LinkedIn, I would highly, lim I would highly recommend you don't limit your circle. You, you have to be vulnerable and make connections with people. That doesn't mean don't check them out, right? Every day I get LinkedIn connection requests all the time. And I, I look at the profile. Um, one is your photo on your profile. I want to see your face to make sure you're not a fake person. 
too. Who have you made connections with? Have you filled out your profile? Um, those, you know, those things I'm going to look at. And if, for the most part, if you very basic, if that's what you fill that out and I can kind of see what you've been doing, then I'm probably going to accept your connection request. Whereas Facebook, probably not, right? Because that's where my family time is spent on. That's where I probably put a little bit more about my personal life that I wouldn't necessarily share on LinkedIn. And then Instagram. Instagram is a great resource, if, especially if you want to be an entrepreneur. It's videos, it's photos, and it's a quick way of connecting and finding. So those are the three platforms that I always recommend. But if you don't want to do all three and you're only going to do one, LinkedIn. You have to do LinkedIn because that's where a lot of companies are going to. That's where companies are starting to put their resumes. Not that it's the only place. Please don't say that uh, takeaway that I'm saying LinkedIn is the only place to go look for resumes. That's not what I'm saying. Just right. a lot of companies are leveraging that platform. So be where the people are, right? Yeah. So go to no, I'm with you. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the, um, one of the tough parts that many of us in the veteran support space have is how to you know, you and I recognize as public relations, public affairs people, how difficult it is uh, to communicate with people because you have to communicate that with them where they are. You, you know, bringing them over to something new takes some action on their part. And so the first step is usually finding them wherever they are and talking to them there. And in the case of so many of the opportunities that SFL has, uh, of course, the, the transition program, but in addition, many of these veterans support and veteran service organizations, these companies, um, a lot of the younger service members and their spouses aren't on LinkedIn because they think it's just an archive system for resumes. And so we've been working really hard. My organization has, and I'm not plugging it. This, our, our, our conversation is all about outreach and education, but you know, working really hard to get on the Twitters of the world, on the Facebook groups of the world, so on the clubhouses of the world and pointing people back to here because this is where the vast majority of hiring managers and recruiters are coming to find their next employees. Is that your experience as well? Yes. And I think the other reason why I like LinkedIn, obviously from the reasons I just listed is that LinkedIn is probably one of the safer platforms from, and this is my, this is a woman's perspective. And I've shared this before and I've heard this, I get less hit on on LinkedIn than any other platform. So it's nice that I can be on a platform, do business and feel like you're hearing me as Olivia Nunn or Lieutenant Colonel Nunn, not necessarily this woman that you're trying to hit on. Um, it does happen. There's been many posts about that. It's inappropriate. It's inappropriate regardless what platform. I want to make sure that I say that it's inappropriate regardless, but I find less of it on LinkedIn and that's nice um, because yeah. you can get to the heart of it, which, you know, from a military perspective, right? Sometimes I am that person that forgets to say hello because it's mission, right? You get in, sit down and you go, right? Especially when you've been at the Pentagon, if anyone here is listening, if you ever worked at the Pentagon, you're on a tight clock. There is no BS. You sit down the minute before the meeting starts, the door shuts and you go, right? And then the minute before the hour's up, when that means out, you you leave. And so sometimes I have to remember that uh, we're not always military, <laughs> that hello, how are you? It's a better way to start. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I actually had a, a friend who, you know, uh, we became friends, but his initial note to me was, hey, look at my resume. Uh, you know, send me, you know, send me some some information back on it and I'll, and I'll fix it during one of my breaks. And I was like, I don't, I don't know who you, 
who are you? Like, what do you mean I send you something back? And so, uh, so, so it took a little education, but as soon as he noticed, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. He, you know, it's really funny. He was great and he was, you know, apologetic because I think it was just in between two meetings and he wasn't yeah. automatic. I was like, I'm not one of your soldiers, dude. It's uh, trying to take brevity, right? We've hounded <laughs> brevity, brevity, brevity throughout your career. Now you've got to remove it somehow. So, yeah. No, it's true. But um, so, okay, so let's uh, real quick before we go, because I, I, know, I know you're super busy, by the way. And, and I want to thank, again, all of our commenters. I really appreciate you. And I know some of you are tuning in from our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and, of course, on LinkedIn, which is our main page. I, I thank you all. But um, where is the future of SFL? Um, where do you see yourselves? Uh, I hate to ask the five five-year question, but where do you see yourself, the trajectory going? So Soldier for Life is a commander's program. And as long as it's important to the commanders, and when I say commanders, I'm talking commanders at every echelon, Soldier for Life will be around. The intent is that the program is here for a long haul and that the program will constantly learn and grow. So the importance is that we are here because we add value to our commanders. We add value to our military community. And it is, it is being shared and known. So just like we're here to help you guys, you guys have to help us by making sure that you take advantage of the program, that you advocate for the program. If you are a key leader in, in the military, especially in the army, and you're listening in right now, if you are a commander, a first sergeant, a battalion commander, you know, a sergeant major, advocate for the Soldier for Life program. Understand who we are, the resources and make sure that your service members are being plugged in. And if you want to know more, we are broken down in our organization by teams. Um, we have regional teams and functional teams. So we have broken up the United States, Europe, and the Hawaii and Alaska. We have the Northeast team. We have the South team, the Midwest, and the West team. And each team, when we're fully loaded, you know, obviously, you know, Manning's always a, a big topic, but when we are fully loaded with the full staff, we have a lieutenant colonel and a master sergeant in each one of the regions. And then we have functional areas. We have a director of employment. We have a director of education, a director of health and wellness, and then the director of comms, otherwise known as the PAO. Um, the PAO, me, when I leave, there is currently not a replacement for me. And so, um, it's making sure that that when I leave this footprint, that the information that we have continuously shares, right? And I think that's the value of this organization is that, yes, we have made connections. Yes, we individually have grown this organization, but it's the organization itself. It is the mission of the organization that is a success. Yeah. And so. I ask you guys to advocate for us because when you make it known to the commanders that we are part of the importance of the whole soldier life cycle, then the program stays just like yeah. any other program. When nobody uses it, it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're, you know, if we're going to make a soldier for life, a true motto that lasts the life cycle of the human being, someone who can look back in their seventies and eighties and take great pride in having served in the United States army, um, and the family members of that soldier, then it has to be something that is really embedded in all of us. And it, it isn't just one person. It's it's all of us together. Absolutely. So great point, Olivia. Right. Yeah. I mean, our bumper sticker, right? Our motto is once a soldier, always a soldier, a soldier for life. And you earn that title soldier. 
you earn it the day that you graduate basic or the day that you commission and you never leave that title, right? That title never goes away. Doesn't matter when you take off your boots, however many years that may be, you still have that title. And what we ask is that you are an ambassador of the army. You are an ambassador to the organizations that you work with, you live in, the communities, the tribes that you associate with. And so share your story, share your army story, because when you share your story, when you represent the military, even when you are in civilian clothes outside of technically being in the army, you are showing the civilian population who does not understand who we are the importance of why our military matters, why an all-volunteer force matters, and why they should continuously support us so that we have a military that's strong, that we have people that are connected, and we inspire the next generation to want to raise their right hand. Absolutely. It's Gen Z is coming up, and you know what? They are they are inspired and, and they are a wonderful generation. And, and I think it's thanks to people like yourself and others who are really making that effort to connect with them, both in an institutional fashion, but as you noted, you know, person by person, veteran by veteran, as they lead being ambassadors. So, um, ma'am, I appreciate your time. Uh, of course, uh, my friend, Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn, who's the Director of Communications for the Soldier for Life program. Any last thoughts? I think the important thing is that, you know, while I've been able and fortunate to sit at this organization and and have a grasp and understanding of the resources that are out there, I still struggle with my own transition. So I say that if I know what all of the resources that are out there and I know the steps, right? I know how to check the block because the retirement service office sits in our office, right? If I'm telling you as a director of communication that it that it's still hard, I hope that you take that to heart and that you start your transition journey early, that you don't put it off because no one is going to take care of yourself but yourself. And there's a lot of things that need to happen for you to exit the military well. We want you to exit on a high note because it matters to us that you do. And when I say us, I'm talking about the force because people matter. The secretary of the army has said that. The chief of staff of the army has said that. People matter. It's what makes the army one of the best fighting forces in the world. It's because of our people. And so you have to take care of your people. I appreciate that. That's a terrific way to end the show. Again, thank you so much, Lieutenant Colonel Olivia Nunn, who's the Director for Communications for the Soldier for Life program. Very much appreciate having you here. I can't believe that you're getting ready to go. Uh, I think we're all sad about it, as the comments noted. (laughs) We're also very thankful for your service. And I invite those of you who are still in the comments section, who are still having a discussion, please continue to do so and support each other. I know there's support there, and I know that people are looking to help each other. So please continue to do that as well. And and maybe uh, as you get a little closer, not that we want to cut into your transition time, but as we get maybe just a little closer, we, we'll invite you back. And if you've got time, we'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. I will always make time because it matters, right? Our tribe, our military community. So thank you again for allowing me to spend time with your tribe of people and being able to share because knowledge is power. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. This is Higher Military, Jose Velasquez. We'll be back tomorrow with our special on American corporate partners. Thanks again.